Welcome back to Tap That Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters, and I hope that the nice weather here in Arizona, if you are in Arizona, um, is uh, is treating you well. It's pretty sweet. I love it. I love living in Arizona. I mean, the food and beer and all that stuff is fantastic, but the weather is just it's amazing. Anytime it gets dreary, uh, my kids love it. They think it's awesome. It's like they they feel like they're I don't know, but they I don't know. I really don't. I just I'm like you don't you don't even know. So, anyways, <laughs> welcome back to Tap That Easy Podcast. I'm your host Eric Walters. This episode, very excited to finally share and get this episode out. This one has been a little bit of a journey. Uh, recorded this several several months ago with uh, Dan Madrid. Dan is just an awesome awesome dude. Dan, thank you for your patience through all of this, uh, through lost video and delayed uh, brewing and, and all that stuff that, you know, we uh, just kept fighting, right? No pun intended, that it wasn't even intentional. Uh, we, uh, but no, Dan is an awesome dude. We're going to get into this story. And, uh, but yeah, it was supposed to be a video episode. Uh, somehow I lost that video. That's like the worst fear of a, of a content creator is to... Uh, lose all your shit and I lost I lost some shit Uh, so luckily it wasn't a whole lot but unfortunately for this episode it was the main video of uh, Dan and I's interview so Dan's just a really awesome guy he is one of the owners of Legion MMA you're going to kind of hear the story behind that but Legion MMA is right up uh, by the Deer Valley Airport uh, up in the neighborhood area where I live Uh, Dan and his partner Mario and Nora his wife and the team there uh, Justin is one of their uh, jujitsu coaches who's a big fan of craft beer. So that's kind of how this all started is Justin and I's conversations about craft beer. And uh, uh, my daughter went there for, for quite a while and trained in jujitsu. She really, really enjoyed it. It was just a really good place where, you know, Dan is a former uh, uh, pro fighter. He fought Bellator. So, the, I mean, this dude is, is a badass and such a really, really good coach, him and his team. So it was a really great experience. So approached him with this idea of this, this collaboration beer and this podcast, and, and he was totally down. So the beer itself, Jean-Claude Bandana, is a pilsner uh, that is uh, the Simple Machine, uh, myself, and the Legion MMA team uh, created. So that's going to be out this Friday, November, what is that, November the 18th. Uh, it's a really, really great pilsner. So make sure you get to Simple Machine and try it out. Uh, design the can art for that as well. I've been designing some cans lately. It's been pretty fun. Uh, Seventh Inning Quench is a beer we just did with uh, Salt River Fields with the Arrows, AZ Barrels Bottles and Brews Festival. It was a really great time. And we teamed up with Brewery 602 and Simple Machine and Salt River Fields. And uh, we all got together and made uh, a hazy IPA, Seventh Inning Quench. Um, and then this Jean-Claude Bandana uh, was a very fun project to create the label for this one as well. So hopefully you guys like that can art as well. Now, coming up this for, oh, real quick, uh, make sure you follow. Uh, check out Legion MMA. Uh, you're going to hear this episode. And you're going to hear the story, but uh, on Instagram, it is Legion MMA AZ. Uh, check them out. Uh, just a really cool place. If you're looking to uh, get into you know, they have, they do jujitsu, they do striking classes, things like that. And, uh, I mean, from kids to, uh, you know, fighters that they're training in there. And it's just such a cool group of people. Uh, if you want a really approachable place to, um, you know, kind of dip, dip your feet in this stuff like that, uh, or your kids or whatever, uh, check them out. Legion MMA AZ is their Instagram handle handle. And I should probably have their website up, but you can find it. You can look it up. 
Now, this Friday, coming up at uh, Simple Machine, like I said, 7th Inning Crunch is coming out. And then on Saturday, I'm going to be with uh, the Simple Machine team down at Patton 139, uh, down in South Metro area, Gilbert Chandler. Always get them mixed up. But Patton 139 Brewing, really cool spot. All kind of focused around the avocado, uh, the Haas avocado. So look up, I actually did an episode with them a little while back. Uh, do a little search in the podcast here and listen to that episode with Tim Tim Haas from Patent 139. But Beer School by Blue Pint Society is going to be going on this Saturday. So if you got nothing going on, uh, check out Blue Pint Society on Instagram and kind of follow their, their directions to get your ticket. It's going to be really cool. Fire and Fury is going to be there as well. So the food at Patent 139 is fantastic. The Fire and Fury barbecue is fantastic. All the beers involved, Simple Machine and, uh, and, and everybody. It's going to be a good time. So it's from, I believe, 10 to noon. Quick little awesome thing. So Beer School at Patton 139 by Blue Pint Society. And then later on Saturday, uh, there's going to be live music at Simple Machine. Yo Tom Benhorn from Useless ID uh, doing some of his solo stuff. Uh, live acoustic set from 5 to 8. No cover. All ages at Simple Machine Brewing on Deer Valley and 7th Avenue. And that, that was my voice that actually skipped. It wasn't even wasn't even your, your podcast app. That was mine. That was pretty cool. Didn't even mean to do it either. So let's get into this episode. This is Dan Madrid from Legion MMA. Just taking us through the journey of uh, somebody who uh, fights for a living and is just such a cool, down-to-earth, uh, just a great dude. Great dude. So, uh, Dan, thanks for for joining on the show and uh, you guys enjoy the episode all right so uh, i'm here with my first guest my first professional fighter guest daniel thanks for joining Dude, man a pleasure absolutely Thank you for having man. Me. I appreciate it absolutely so uh daniel madrid uh badass dude you're a badass dude but you know, uh, my wife and I both say, like when we t- when you talk to you, you're just you're you're a, a nice guy, man. You're a really nice, down to earth guy. And you know, is that because you know that you, uh, you you can dominate pretty much anybody out there? Yeah, I've been asked this question. <laughs> no, it's, it's a fair question. I've been asked this question a lot. And um, honestly, my my parents and my grandparents um, on my dad's side, they uh, at, at an early age instilled in me, you know, that there's no there's no harm in knowing how great you are as a human, right? Especially okay. with the attributes that I have with fighting and um, just essential awareness. Yeah. But um, there's even a bigger challenge in accepting being humble with that as well. Sure. Um, so that's been a big thing for me. I Just like uh, just like how you are with your podcast, right? You're this yeah. just upbeat, just really nice, charismatic gentleman. Um, I try to be that outside of the gym and then even when I fight. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, and, and I've, I, I feel like I've noticed that with, you know, because I've always, my mom was, uh, she, I remember, shit, dude, I, this was early 90s, so I remember her bringing home, like, UFC 1 and 2 on, like, VHS, <laughs> right? So, Oh, my God. Oh, uh, yes. right? When, when you had whoever versus whoever, you had one guy with one boxing glove on, you know, yeah. that, that kind of, right? <laughs> but, but I think as, as the sport evolved um, and as I really got into it and, and it became less of a, you know, the sumo guy versus the karate guy it was styles and, and, and people, be, I mean, it really, not to un- undermine what they were doing, but like 
MMA is a true profession, right? Yeah, absolutely. To, to see that grow. Uh, and what I've noticed, uh, for the most part, is most of the fighters are humble. Like, they're, they, they, they kind of, or at least they portray that, right? They, they, put, they portray that the, they're not hotheads and, try, you know, yeah. the meatheads that uh, you would, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, it, it's a good point, you know, because you, especially with, like, the bigger platforms for fighting, UFC, Bellator, and whatnot, you, Bellator, not so much, but um, with UFC, you get these really charismatic guys, whether it's, the, like, I'm really humble, really nice, or it's just, like, this, I'm this complete asshole, yeah. and you're going to hate me or love me. It's one or the other. But yeah. it's those fighters who make, like, and sell the big fights. Yeah. So you have to accept every aspect of this game, and um, it's, it's no different than life when you have, you know, coworkers that you absolutely hate or you yeah. love. It's just, that's what it is. Yeah, and sometimes those coworkers are the ones that get the accolades, right? Like, dang it. Like, why is the asshole get that? Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, so, so let's back up, uh, Daniel. Are you, are you originally from Arizona? I am originally from Arizona. Okay. I'm from a small town about two and a half hours east of here called Globe. Okay. Um, small little toilet bowl. Okay. Um, but Why you call it that, a toilet bowl? It's, yeah, it, it's just, uh, you know, I, but the thing is, as much as I joke about that, um, I am glad that I was able to grow up there. Um, yeah. I learned what a true community is and uh, how a small town like that can actually bring people together. So Yeah. What do you mean by that? Like, what, what did you see growing up? Like, what was it about that? Right? Because I grew, I grew up in a small town in Ohio, and, and I wonder if there's similarities uh, to that. Absolutely. So, yeah. for instance, growing up I in my neighborhood, I had three of the best friends that I carried out for pretty much my entire life okay well, up until now yeah um but it was one of those where I could go play from the time I got home from school till dark which is yeah. like seven eight o'clock here depending sure. on what season we're in yep and my parents never had to worry about it you know there was no there was no like how far did they have to go from the street are they out of my eyesight like yeah it was none of that I could literally go into the hills disappear for hours on yeah. end can you imagine and doing that now with your not. kids? <laughs> no, I wouldn't even let my daughter walk 10 feet out in front of me without knowing. You know exactly. I mean? It's just, yeah. it's, it's a different place where we live. It's yeah. like the times have changed, you know, so it's yeah. just, it's all different now. So, so, so growing up in Globe, uh, what, did you have a path as far as like, did you know from an early age, like fighting was, or, or some martial arts was, was your path? You know what's funny is is I, I was interested in fighting. I started with kickboxing originally, okay. while boxing with my dad and my uh, my grandfather. And then uh, how old how old was that when you started? God, that? I think it was eight. Okay, when I started doing that. But boxing's never been my thing. Um, but I you know that's what I started with, and then I found kickboxing about ten or twelve. I can't remember. Yeah. And then just like you, I found my first UFC at a video rental place um, on VHS, and I was like, "What is this?" UFC one, uh, or or one of the I UFCs. Think it was it was one of the first UFCs. Okay. Like the first four UFCs. So the first one I saw was uh, it was Chemo versus Hoist Gracie, and then I saw one uh, with Boss Rutten, Genki Sudo, and after that I was just like, "This is it! Like yeah. I love it." And yeah. then uh, fifteen, I found Jiu Jitsu, like a place where I could actually train with friends. This and is then, Stone Globe. Stone Globe. Okay, yeah. And then uh, I started fighting when I was about sixteen amateurly. And then from there, it was just all downhill, man. So, meaning, like, so fight, like, so, uh, like, MMA at 16 or, or, do, or doing jujitsu? No, right? MMA was started at 16. Okay. But it wasn't, I didn't know anything but jujitsu at that time, right? Yeah. Like, my boxing kind of had dissipated. I had a little bit of kickboxing still, but I had spent two or three years solid on jujitsu. And yeah. then, um, so yeah, I did that for a little bit. And then, uh, I was still trying to be active in baseball. That, that was my passion. I, I thought okay. I was going to go to the major leagues. And then I realized, I'm only in a 3A town, and there's, there's other towns that are 5A you know, that are producing studs. And I realized yeah. real quick, 
I was like, ah, I'm, not, I'm not on these guys' level. What did you play in baseball? I was a catcher. Okay. Yeah, okay. So I was this uh, five foot five, yeah. uh, 135 pound catcher. Wow. Yeah. Wait, wait. Really tiny. This was in high school? Mm hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't until my senior year when I hit my growth spurt. I went from 5'8 to 6'1. Holy. Because I was going to say, like, I was a catcher too, and mm -hmm. it, just in Little League. But, like, I have pictures of me catching where, like, I'm crouched down and I'm as tall as the kid batting, right? So, mm -hmm. so I was an uh, abnormally tall catcher. So I was thinking the same for you because you're a tall guy too. Yeah. But that wasn't the case when you were catching. No, not yeah. at all. So, but you were still into into the combat. Uh, you were into boxing. Yeah, and no, all that. I was. I was still doing both. I was yeah. more focused on baseball up until I realized after my first semester of college. Yeah, um, I was like, I, I'm not going to continue pursuing this. I'm not going to have anything with it. So then I switched over to fighting. School's never really been my thing, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and then just I took to fighting as if it was butter going on bread. Yeah. So nice, nice. What what was it about? Because I know you said like boxing kind of, uh, you know. Jiu-jitsu took precedent, right? Mm -hmm. What was it about the sport of jiu-jitsu that, that you just totally fell in love with? So here's a funny story. I am fascinated with chess. I love watching okay. documentaries on it. I love watching people play it, but I hate doing it myself. Okay. <laughs> All right. right? I don't it's like golf for me. <laughs> I, yeah, like that's another thing. Um, but yeah, but when I'm actually doing jiu-jitsu, it's completely different, right? Because I okay. hate, it's, it's the polar opposite because then I hate thinking about it. But uh, as I'm doing it, it just, it's natural to me. Has so, it always been? Always. Yeah. It's, it's always been one of those things where it's just come natural to me. I, you'll have a lot of, like, there's a, you'll meet different jujitsu practitioners where it's like they will drill for hours on end to make sure that they have that one move memorized. Whereas me, like, I, I don't like to do any of that. I would rather movement. just yeah. live rolling, you know, put it into your, your, uh, your mentality for the repetition. And then yeah. that's, that's it. That's interesting, man. That, that's very interesting, right? Because yeah. it's just, it, it's almost like one of those things where, uh, as, as funny as I was not a school person either, I, either. I, I did enough to stay eligible for sports, right? And then after college, I got a few concussions, so I was done. Uh, but um, I, I don't know. I, I just always felt that, uh, I don't know. I, I just felt that there was a flow to it, right? I, I worked better in that space. When I was thinking, when I was a linebacker in football, I, I didn't do well. Right, because yeah. there was too much. What's the read? What's this? When the, the coach is like, "You need to go on the line. You need to butt heads with another person," mm -hmm. and boom, that was it. Took the thinking out of it. You yeah. know? I, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think there's some of us that are just bred for combat. Yeah, like it's you take it back to the Spartan, Spartan law and Roman days, where like you know you had gladiators that just they yeah. did, they did nothing. They weren't the brightest of people, but damn, they could fight, man. Hell yeah. So yeah. we're we're a dying breed. Yeah. Well, I, you know what? I, I say this, and this is a thousand percent compliment is, uh, you know, I look at you as a person. doesn't matter what time of, of the history of the world you were born. You're, you're a combat dude, right? You're, I appreciate you're, that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so and I, I'm uh, about halfway through. Uh, Buddy recommended Muhammad Ali's uh, autobiography. I think it's like my story. It's really good. Right? Yeah. Yep. Well, he tells a story about his brother, right? His brother was a great boxer, too, mm -hmm. um, and he, really good at all these different things. But he got hit too much, right? Because he, he's like some people just have that certain things and thing. And, and boxing is such a brutal sport. You don't have that you're you're gonna you know mm -hmm. i i was i boxed for like three years just you know half-ass training and stuff and and i was pretty good at pretty much everything except for not getting hit right yeah. and that's that's i mean anybody can be a gym hero right and hit those pads and make them sound loud but how can you take a punch exactly right you right. know and I, I think the whole objective of fighting is to avoid said punches right yeah. like earlier yeah. on in my career i was the type of fighter that i needed to get hit 
three or four times to realize I was like, oh, this is serious. I, yeah. need to, I need to go, you know? Sure. And then as I got older and I matured, I realized, I was like, okay, I'm starting to figure this out now. It's just, it's a, it's a little too late, but I'm here. But now it's like, how many times can I avoid getting hit and still implement as much damage as I possibly can? Yeah. You know, and it yeah. just, it took time to develop. And I love, like, especially now, you know, we're seeing these up and coming fighters, like in their early 20s that are just, light years ahead of you know my generation and sure. i and i love yeah. seeing how it's continuously evolving it's it's truly amazing to witness yeah yeah and, and it's you know it went from i mean what was that that was 25 30 years ago mm-hmm. when i was watching those vhs tapes where it went, people were like oh what is this this is brutal or even just, even even you know i think it was senator mccain right it was human co- cockfighting yeah. absolutely yeah. i so, still love that quote yeah right because he's right he's not he's not lying about it sure but, th- I mean, that's what makes it – I mean, when you put it in that terms, right, then then this, it's the simplest of terms for be able to, someone to be able to connect to that. Like, they think, like, shady underground, right? Mm-hmm. Where, um, I mean, it is the purest – in my opinion, it's like the purest form of sport, right? I yeah. mean, it's really anything goes except for, you know, shady shit like eye pokes and stuff, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's, it's true hand-to-hand. There's no ball. There's no yard line. There's no th- – like, it's just you and him – you and her, her and her, whatever it is, and it's Absolutely. cage door shuts, and I can't imagine that feeling, it's, dude. I, it's, I get nervous uh, just describing it. It's it's an experience. I yeah. can't sit here and tell you that I, I went in there confident every time. There was sometimes I was scared shitless. Yeah, you know, but it's, sure. It's that's the point of fighting. It's yeah. to test yourself and see how far you can push yourself. But I will tell you this: uh, the best place I have ever fought was over in Macau in China. Okay, um, because it's a different culture, right? Like you you look at here in the states and. We want blood. Yeah. And if you don't give us blood, you get booed. Sure. You know, that's yeah. just what we're used to. Over there, though, it's um, they're dead silent. Ah. Like, and then when there's any, in the slightest form of action, they are applauding you. You don't hear boos. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the weirdest thing, but, man, it is the coolest thing to be a part of. That's really cool. Yeah. And, I mean, that's, that, that's the heart. That's, the, that's where the martial arts started, right? And that's, that's in that same age or culture. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It, it, but that, and yeah, that's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. So for an athlete to go into that of what you're used to here in America, people booing, people getting drunk and doing all this and that, to go to a culture that's so Complete yeah. opposite, man. Complete opposite. Is that, yeah. is that why a lot, I mean, that, that's obviously why a lot of people go over there, right? Is just their, the, the excitement in the, in the. Yeah, I think it depends on where you're at tier-wise, you know, okay. regarding fighting. Um, I know, like, the more high, like the high-profile fighters, they go over there because they're, they're being offered a substantial amount of money. Sure, okay. Um, whereas here in the States, like, you've got to be the top 3% in order to be hitting those kind of numbers. Okay, okay. So, and, and then reference that. Like, look at Francis Nagano. Like, he's, for a title fight, the man is making half a million, which is unheard of for right. any sort of professional sport. Yeah. Um, whereas you look at... Uh, John Jones or any of those where it's like millions. millions. Conor McGregor. They just did an average on uh, Conor and Canelo, um, how much they make per minute while in the cage. Yeah. And Conor was averaging, I believe it was like one some, 1.8 million per, per minute. minute. Dang. And then Canelo was around the 400,000 mark. Dang. So that just shows you like, granted, and I, I'm, I'll still say boxing is way, way ahead on the, the pay scale for fighters. But okay. That just goes to show you, like, the top three. Like, that's where you need to be. And yeah. The majority of us fighters won't ever make it there. Sure, so. sure. That's a, and and that's, a, uh, that's a fight in itself, right, mm-hmm. of knowing, like, you are really uphill. Like, did, you, did you expect that uphill battle as much as you would expect it if you wanted, went to try to go pro baseball? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, both tough? Yeah, both tough. Yeah. I think fighting, 
I think you have a better chance at fighting to make yourself more known because you okay. know it's not a team environment. It's, sure. it's you. Yeah. You know, you have your team that backs you, but ultimately in the end, it's just you. Yeah. Whereas in baseball, like you got to stand out in a crowd of how many knows? You know? Sure. So, like, I feel like there's hundreds of like those farm leagues. And it, all. Yeah. 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 So, but I mean, there's not. I mean, there's a lot of fighters. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, if, I think if I if I jumped on the statistics for Arizona for uh, MMA fighters, I think I'm still ranked number one as a middleweight. Hell and, yeah! You know what I mean? It's just like I haven't fought in Arizona in I don't know how long. Sure, so sure. It just okay. goes to show you. So well, let's back up a little bit. So so yeah, I guess you're in your early 20s when you realize like fighting is th- this this martial arts route is your way to go. Yeah, right? you know what? I, I in my early early 20s, I, I decided that uh, I was going to give it a, a serious run, and uh, you know I was going to do what I could and. You know, I found a good, a good group of guys that I could stay with, and you know, I, until the until the day that I retired, you know, I was I was with them from yeah. day in day out. I never never went to another school. I cross trained, you know, because that's what a lot of fighters do. But primarily, I was always with my gym, and that's, okay. that's what it was. And, and it, that was in Phoenix here. Yep. Okay. So you moved from Globe to Phoenix to 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 take that path. Yeah. So okay. I uh, I went from school from college, which was Casa Grande. I came back down to Mesa. And I, I started training in Tempe with uh, Edwin DeWeese and Joe Riggs. Okay, And then nice. they, they traveled out here to start their gym, so I followed them. And then once that happened, I've never left. Yeah. I just I fell in love with this side of Phoenix. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love it too, man. That's how we found you. You're, I, you're right crazy, down the street. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's a great little part of town up here, like up by the airport. I mean, people listen to the show get sick of me talking about simple machine because i love mm. these guys <laughs> but i mean it's 10 minutes from my house and i mean we're starting to see so many cool things come in around the airport here yeah, absolutely know? uh so that was a nice little hidden gem uh when we were looking because you know my oldest daughter callie uh i don't even know how she even heard of it or what i might have put it in her head a few times <laughs> she's like i want to try out jujitsu so started looking around you guys got really really great ratings so we came in and yeah we loved you guys from day one man yeah it's yeah your your girl amongst many of the students that i can remember and some that i can't have uh it's it has been crazy over the years like how you know when i first walked in and i saw her i was yeah. like jesus it's an adult now yeah, you know right. last time i saw her yeah just a child yeah and she's still a child you know but yep. she's just it's it's just it's so crazy to be a part of their journeys and i think that's what separated me from a lot of fighters is that that was the reason why I didn't really get to sell myself in the charismatic side of it is because I still had to have a reputation in my gym. Um, uh, one fighter that I can reference that I think experiences that same thing is Ben Henderson. Okay. You know, if you look at his, <clears throat> his career, like he's, he stayed true to his values. Sure. You know, yep. he's, he's, I believe he's a Christian or Catholic, but I think Christian. Um, and he stayed, and he stayed true to those values. He's never acted as if he wasn't somebody else. Yeah. And uh, that's a tough thing to do, man. And I applaud him on it. And you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, for sure. I mean, I've always loved Ben Henderson mm-hmm. always. And he's always just had that just kind of easy going, like one yeah. of those fighters we were talking about that just like super humble down to earth. Um, but you're right. Like that sometimes. And I mean, I feel that can go across, you know, many, uh, many areas is, uh, you know, I, I get excited about creating content and, and doing all these things, but struggle struggle to to talk about myself, right? Mm. Struggle to you know I, I feel like sometimes people spend eighty percent of their time doing things and twenty percent talking about it, or the opposite. Yep. They do something for ten minutes and then talk about it for three days. <laughs> you know yeah. that's that's kind of uh, but um, but fighters and musicians and artists that just stick to it because of who they are, like doing it their way. Right. I mean, that's kind of 
why you do things sometimes, right? Absolutely. So I guess some some of us, right? Yeah. You know, we all have different reasons. Um, I think we all just do it in different ways, is all. You sure. Know? I think yeah. uh, some can get there quicker than others, and then yeah, that's, yeah. You know, either way, you have your own journey. You got to take care of it, and you got to just make sure that you're in love with it, and yeah. it makes you happy. So, all right, so you're starting to fight, right? You're starting mm-hmm. to climb up those rankings. When, uh, and, and through this whole time, because I know you're uh, black belt jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. right? W- like martial arts, mixed martial arts specifically was still the focus this whole time. Is that right? Or did you focus more on jiu-jitsu? How, how does that work, I guess, is what I'm asking. It, it's a fine balance. Um, it's like you said earlier, my primary number one has always been jiu-jitsu. Okay. That's, um, yeah. that's always been my bread and butter. That was my go-to. Just like uh, if you see or if you're somewhat of an avid fan in, of the UFC or whatnot, it's typically wrestling dominates those fields. And yeah. then some sort of martial art will take that secondary, whether it's jiu-jitsu, Thai boxing, whatever it is. But for me, it's always been jiu-jitsu. That's always okay. going to be my thing that's going to stay with me all the way till the day that I die. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my focus was always getting to a black belt and then making sure that I, I enjoyed every step of the way. Um, I'll tell anybody who is experienced, who's looking to get into it, intermediate, whatever, um, you will, you will run into your frustrations as you get there. You, with each colored belt, I mean, you're going to find just different ways that are going to just piss you off and uh, you have to look to overcome those challenges and then find the light at the end of that tunnel in order to turn that negative to a positive so. okay yeah and, and i mean i'm sure that's built into it right like you're, you're built to like if you can't get through this then you can't progress mm-hmm. right like absolutely so how many belts are there so in for, for adult excuse me for adults there's a uh, white blue purple brown and black and okay. then in between each of those stages there's four stripes that go onto the belt gotcha and okay. then once you graduate from black um it just becomes a matter of time it's no not a matter of uh you know how good you're doing whatever it, it doesn't matter at that point you're just yeah. as long as you stay active in it you're just going to continuously be graduated to the next level gotcha so yeah. okay um hey i'm gonna pause this real quick all right so you're you're training and you're you're starting to climb the rankings right mm-hmm. so this this uh pro fighting career is uh looking good yeah you know <laughs> it was really good um in uh early 20s you know it, it jumped off real quick i had a good team and um i didn't really know all of the aspects to fighting i just knew that i was good at fighting you know so okay. i just jumped into it and i would take fights like just sporadically yeah just for no reason and then um you know, I, I was dumb in my mid-20s, got married early to the wrong person, and uh, it went to shit real quick. Yeah. You know, and then during that, I was still trying to take fights and build up, and of course, that just failed, you know. So yeah. any, and it's one of those life lessons that you have to learn. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I learned to prioritize my life first before any type of fighting happened. Okay. And then once I did that, it was just night and day difference really nice yeah. nice so you had to literally get your ass kicked to figure out i, I literally <laughs> had to, and, and every in every life lesson i've had i've literally had to get my ass dropped on the ground in order yeah. to get back up and be like well don't let's not do that again dang so, yeah. well, well you know i always say uh you know jackie and i always say like they're some people have never been punched in the face and, and it, it shows yeah, it shows right yeah. yeah you need punch in the face physically um, you know emotionally mentally you just need to get your ass kicked sometimes yeah you know I was always afraid of, um, 
I, even, I mean, even when I was like a freshman in high school, I was like six one, probably two ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but like seniors could bully me, right? Because I was scared to death of like getting punched in the face for some reason, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I got in a few fights, and luckily I didn't get hit because I was good enough to throw punches. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I started in the boxing, I was I was real, and this was in my shit early thirties. I was. I kept telling my trainer, I'm like, man, I just don't want to get hit in the face. He's like, you're going to get hit in the face, man. And I got hit in the face, and I was like, holy shit, I can take that, right? Yeah. And then I start. then that, that actually built my confidence just in life was to like, oh, okay. Like, that's, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I yeah. kind of have a big, hard head. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely nice, I'll tell you that. I have a ginormous <laughs> ass head just like you, and I get it. It definitely helps. Yeah. <laughs> it is a big target, though, right? It, it, that's <laughs> the other downfall, right? Yeah. So, so how do you go into? I mean, because that's me being afraid of of sparring with my coach, who is going to obviously hold back, right? Mm-hmm. You go into a cage with someone who is just as hungry, just as ferocious as you are, and there's that chance you're going to get knocked out. How do you how do you deal with that? <laughs> like <laughs> it, multitude of stages. Huh? Okay. So again, earlier on, I I had no fear. I was, you know. Nobody could hurt me. Yeah. I, was, I was a young man. I was untouchable. So that was never a fear. I just go in. You know, it just it would be no different than what I've done my entire life. I'd just yeah. fight. You know, and then get to about mid thirties, and you're like, okay, like now they're starting. To, like now I'm starting to feel that that fight or flight response, and like now there's like I understand like the people surrounding me that are watching me. Like they actually mean something to me now. So you don't want to disappoint them. Sure. So there's a ton of factors going into it. So you just you start to learn to accept what you're doing yeah and it doesn't matter the outcome of it but as long as you put in everything that you are you know yeah and there's some fights where you can see that i've dumped everything into it and it shows and then there's other fights where you can tell like i was mentally not there or physically was something was off and yeah then it's just it's one of those it's it's a, a tightrope act if you will yeah you gotta you gotta be able to stay in that median and just stay on your two feet otherwise you fall off and you're done I was going to say tightrope was a perfect analogy, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you're walking on a tightrope and you fall, you're done. You know what I mean? Like if that safety net's there, you're, you're done. Yeah. So, so you going into the ring, that's a dangerous that's a dangerous place to be. And, and yeah, having that bounce and going into knowing what the hell you're getting into. Yeah, right? exactly. There's yeah. Um, I was talking to a buddy a couple years back, and uh, he's a fighter as well. And he was telling me, we, we were talking about fighting in, in itself. And uh, he was saying that his biggest lessons and accomplishments always came from victories and i disagreed with them you know because all of mine came from when i lost and not decision wise because i don't have too many decision losses um but it was when i was it was like a blatant i got my ass whooped yeah um because there was things that i would take from those fights and i would adjust it uh for instance local fight here with an lfa for uh, against uh ian ian heinish um I had this really horrible habit of fighting with my hands down by my chest, right? I got away with it for so many years. Sure. And this man capitalized on it, and he put my ass down. I woke up, and I realized, I was like, shit, I got knocked out in front of yeah. all my fans and my family. And because of that, I came back even stronger, and I was like, okay, like, this isn't going to happen again, and yeah. we're going to readjust it. Right. So it's, it's one of those life lessons that I've always took with me and just, yeah. yeah. I, I feel the same way. Like, I, I kind of struggle right after you said that i struggled i'm like what is a lesson i learned from a victory right mm-hmm. you know and i guess it's maybe it's like confidence building right like oh we we launched this magazine 
good, right? Yeah. Like I learned a lot of things along the way, but the things I learned along the way, if you look at it minuscule, was like I jacked up our communication so bad that I had to get a, a software system, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so the overall thing was, yeah, we, we, we put it out, great. Like that's a victory, but there's a lot of losses in there or little, you know, little punches that you take and little, little you know, little ass kick. No, you're get. absolutely right. And it's, it's funny to me because, you know, like victories, you only get to live it for a short amount of time. Like, yeah. for instance, when you launched that magazine, it was, it was a big thing for you. And it yeah. probably lasted a month or two. And everyone applauded you for it. And then after that, it was just like, oh, what's next? What yeah. happens now? What's what? the next issue? But with <laughs> losses, like nobody wants to live in a loss, right? Yeah. Because it's so just traumatic. Like whether you lost your business or you lost a fight or whatever it is, like, yep. You, you try to stay in that for the least amount of time and then just move on as fast as you can. And I, yeah. I don't like doing that. Yeah. Like, I want to learn from that loss. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to analytically break it down to see what happened, where I went wrong, and then how I can fix it to where that will never happen again. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it, that's, that in itself is, men, is exhausting, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's mentally exhausting, which converts to physical exhaustion as well, right? So w- through those years, um, the discipline has to, had to have just been off the charts right because you what did you fight at like what was your middleweight is so i did three different weights okay. i did uh walter weight which is 170 uh middleweight 185 and then i did light heavyweight twice which was a goddamn mistake okay <laughs> at that time i was just yeah. i was too little man yeah. like i was at my heaviest i was walking around at like 204 and i fought two guys that probably averaged about 240 and would cut down to know? yeah and they would cut down to the 205 yeah you know but it was one of those like those two fights like i took a I took a gamble, if you will, sure. and I uh, took a high risk, uh, high high loss reward, and unfortunately, I lost both times. Yeah. Um, but, but it was one of those I just I could not turn it down. Yeah. So yeah, just your your yourself wouldn't let you turn it down. I couldn't. It was, yeah. It was too many big jumps in it. Right. The first one was against Seng Su Lee, uh, in a in a heavyweight uh, excuse me a light heavyweight tournament in Hawaii. Okay. Um, and I feel like I still could have beat him to this day, but it was just one of those I got sick that day and I still fought through a fever. Uh, I went into the cage with 102 fever. Was this before you know? COVID, Daniel? Way, way, way before <laughs> COVID. Way before. They didn't give you a swab before right. you walked in there? No, no, no. Years, years and before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it was one of those like, I, I was too prideful to back down from it. Did you still think you were going to win? Like going uh, at- No, yeah. I knew oh, I was going to okay. lose. No, I knew, I knew after two minutes of the first round when he hit me, I was like, it literally, like you could, in a video game sense, like you could literally see your health meter go down by uh, half a cent. And I knew uh, it. I was like, oh, shit. Like yeah. there was even a moment in the first round towards the end where I had, I literally, I, we were both standing. He had me against a cage and I had jumped guard hoping he would take me down so I could breathe. And the motherfucker just stood up and just like laughed at me. Yeah. Because he's be- he was it's a lot bigger, huge. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. I was like, he's not gonna do what I want. So I'm just gonna go down and just try to swing. Yeah. 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 What do you? And I always think that too, right? As as a spectator, and you're seeing that, and you can you can, I don't know, you can kind of see, I don't say a lopsidedness, but you can see that the things are going one mm-hmm. way, right? And you're thinking, I'm thinking, if I was in that fighter's mind, like, what what do you do? And you see some guys that you know, they'll take like a glancing shot and then they go down because they're thinking, man, I'm not getting knocked the hell out. So. You, you as a fighter, what, what are you going through knowing, like, all right, I'm not going to beat this guy? So I've always had Spartan Law. You know, okay. It's, and it's, yeah. it's funny because I have nothing to do with that, that origin or anything, but I love just the mythology behind it. And uh, I, at the, in that particular fight, um, I think it was like halfway through the second round, I was, I was done. I, yeah. I could barely keep my hands up. He was beating the living shit out of me, and I knew it. 
So I, I got myself to the back of the cage. I planted my right foot. I got my heel up against the cage, and I was like, we're just going to fucking throw and see yeah. what happens. <laughs> so that's it. what I did. I backed up. I put my foot down, and I just I bit down on my mouth guard, and I started swinging. And the next thing I know, I woke up, and I was like, man, eh, shit, that didn't go out. I wanted it to. But hey, what are you going to do, man? Was, Dude, there's a certain level of pride right there, though, right? Yeah. Like of, of digging your heels in. And, and uh, you know, it, the, the, these lessons go across the board, right? Like you're – how do you react, right? How do you react when you know you're going down? You curl up and just, you know, or do you give it hell and there's that 1% chance that, you know, and then you do, you know, take the, you get the KO and you're like, well, there was a 99% chance that was going to happen, but damn it, I fucking swung my way exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah. It just, you look back at the, the first movie Jaws where the captain's actually getting eaten by the shark and he's still yeah. trying to hit the motherfucker. Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> That's, that yeah. was my mythology behind it. I was like, <laughs> That's how I'm going to go out. If I'm going to die, like I'm going to die here. So. Yeah. Dude, I just thought of a great beer. So I, I know you're not much of a beer guy. We are making a beer, though. We're going to talk know, about super that. Cool. Yeah. Super cool. Very excited for that. But Shark on a Shield, man. I think that's a great. Perfect. Right? Because that's a Spartan Law going out on your shield. Is yep. that what? Yeah. Love it. Shark on a Shield, man. There let's, you go. Let's do that. I'll, I'll pitch out to Marshall later. There you go. I like that. <laughs> I'll get behind that one. Awesome, man. Awesome. So, uh, so you're. Because I know there was one fight in particular, um, Seth. Seth um, Basinski. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, because he he was a pretty big time fighter, right? Yeah, like he's he, a huge MMA veteran. Yeah. not only in the state of Arizona, but I mean, nation like nationally known. Yeah, UFC so. fighter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You fought him. Yeah, right? we. You know, what's funny is, is um, when I first came up, a lot of these guys got their opportunities quick because of the okay. academies or gyms that they were with, and I think that's it's one of those things where it was a downfall in my career where okay. I was. I was too, not, not I don't want to say prideful, but um, because of my uh, dedication to my team, sure. right? My sure. loyalty, I, I couldn't jump, I couldn't jump ship. Yeah. I, I love these guys too much and, you know, that's, I had to stay true to them. So I knew it was going to take me longer to get to where I needed to go, but yeah, um, but yeah I, a lot of those guys, man, I was supposed to fight earlier on in my career and for some reason it just never manifested. Okay. Um, so, you know, come to this time, you know, he's trying to build his way back up to getting into the UFC or wherever he was trying to get. And uh, he, this was one of the stepping ladders he had taken. I was just one of the people that he needed to beat in order to get there. And, yeah. uh, you know, unfortunately, I was I was just more hungry at that moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's not unfortunate, Daniel. No. That is uh, <laughs> fortunate for you. Yeah. Unfortunate for Seth. It's yeah. tough, man. It's, it is. Because you, know? you, want, you want everyone to succeed. You want everyone to be able to provide and, you know, do what they need to do for themselves and their family. But, yeah. you know, you know in the end that it's not, it's not going to be fair. Yeah. You know, this isn't a baseball game where – you know, you're going to get paid the same much that, or the same amount that I'm going to get paid sure. for playing one game. You know, yeah. like one person's going to make more than the other. Yep, know? yep. Based on the outcome, is. that's what it is. Ideally, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you look at the higher tier, like we yeah. talked about, they might make more even though they lost, right? Yep. Uh, but um, so, where did so where, where did the career go uh, in, in in regard to then opening up the gym, opening up Legion MMA? So yeah, we. Uh, Mario Velez is a really good friend of mine. And big, big dude, right? Big, big yeah. dude. It's funny is like you look at him and he's like, he's terrifying. Yeah. If, if you if you looked at nothing but just his body, he's he's an absolute terrifying figure. But this the moment you meet him, he is the most gentle and kind-hearted person you could ever come across. And uh, he and I have been friends for decades. Okay. And uh, we followed each other from gym to gym. Um, you know, we'd be at one gym, they'd shut down. We go to another gym, shut down. And then the last gym he and I were at was a gym called Gracie Baja Phoenix. Okay. And, uh, you know, at the time we had a really good instructor when we first were there. And then things kind of went south for the gentleman or for that, for that man. 
And, uh, you know, he ended up having to close the gym. Okay. And Mario and I looked at each other and we we're like, we can't keep doing this. You know, yeah. like we can't, like there's, there's not a sustainability here. So how, how approximate what year was this? Oh my God. Uh, this was, I tried out for the UFC ultimate fighter the second time. I think this is 2009. Okay. Approximate. But we're or not talking late 90s. We're not talking no, 2015. No, 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 right? no, no, no. Yeah. This okay. is like 2008, 2009. Okay. Um, so we decided that we were going to save up as much as we could for a year. And then from there, we were going to open up what was going to be GFS. Um, and the reason why it's called GFS, I'll get into that in a minute. But. Yeah. So we ran the gym out of my garage out of this little 400 square foot garage you know i think we had like 40 50 students it was insane um so we ran it out of there for quite some time and then uh once we had saved up enough uh of a backing that's when we opened up gfs okay and you know from there it's just been ground like hit the ground and we just ran with it yeah so, I take it, man. So, what, so is GFS Gracie fighting? So, no, it's not. It's actually, and we had so many problems trying to get people to pronounce <laughs> this correct. That's okay. the first thing they want to think of. Yeah. But no, it's called Grace Fighting Systems. And, okay. Uh, what it was is when we were at Gracie Baja, we had a friend named Edward Grace. Okay. Again, tiny little, it wasn't tiny. He was about 6'1, probably 155 pounds soaking wet. Okay. Fucking badass fighter, though. Yeah. God, he was, he was a teacher in Phoenix somewhere. Just a hell of a dude. And uh, unfortunately, he got into an accident and passed away. Uh-huh. So we wanted to continue on with his legacy and his, his family and his, his wife at the time loved it. So that's what we named the gym. Nice. So, I dig that. Yeah. So is it is it a fighting system as far as like the... What, what, explain, so GFS, I know you said Grace. Yeah, it's Grace Fighting Systems. Right. Uh, with the reason why is we wanted to do... Everybody has been so flooded in Arizona. Well, they flooded the market with like... MMA gym this and MMA yeah. gym that, you know, and we were like, well, we, we name it that. We're like, we're just going to fall into that category. Sure. We didn't want yeah. it. So that's why we wanted to just take it into just a systematic process. You yeah. Know? Like you're going to come in, you're going to see jujitsu, you're going to see judo, you're going to see all these different martial arts, but there's a system to the madness and how you learn that is going to just explode into like this, just curiosity of I got to do everything. Yeah. And where does Legion come in then? So Legion. So Legion was the rebranding, right? Okay. Because we'd kind of fallen stale um, with Grace Fighting Systems. We were getting really mixed in with Gracie. Okay. And we needed to break away from that. Yeah. Um, so my wife, Mario, and myself, we had sat down. We talked about. We threw some different names on the table and just kind of see it. And we, I don't even remember who threw out Legion, but I know it came up because we were talking about it being united as one front of an army. Yeah. And then when the name came out, you know, there was kind of hesitation because we were like, well. You know, if I say Legion, the first thing that you think of is like, oh, here we go. It's going to be like devil related, like uh, related, right? Okay. I was so, thinking American Legion in, in Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but that was a different thing. And that's what kind of turned our thoughts to extend. Like they yeah. were like, you know, but then there's like that actual Legion of like a combined unit of an army that comes at you. Yeah. And like we just love that philosophy, you know, even though it's one fighter going into that cage ring or whatever it is, you know, like they're, they're bringing a whole army behind you. For sure. So yep. that's why we went with them. I like it. It flows too. It does. Legion MMA just yeah. flows, man. Uh, so, so what do you? It's, what's a little quick little synopsis of what do you guys do at the gym? Like, because I know the way we found you was through the kids' classes, mm. uh, but then you have adult jujitsu. So, what is what do all you guys cover there? So, right now we've actually we've evolved a lot over the years, um, but we still we still have our core classes, which is our kids' jujitsu classes, which both offer gi and no gi. 
Um, same for the adults. Uh, we also expanded out the adult classes not to have just an intermediate to an advanced class, but now we have a fundamentals program. Okay. And we even geared that around it being at the same time as the kids, so then that way the parents aren't just sitting there. Uh, yeah. But now they can actually get involved, so then that way their child and them can actually share that same hobby. You know? That's cool. Like they're growing together and they're learning. Um, so, and then from there, we still have judo. We still have our Thai boxing. Um, but the most recent program that's been exploding has been the boxing program with Coach uh, J. Okay. Um, he, is, he just started a kid's class with it, but, not, but his adult classes, the man is, he's a wizard. Yeah. Like, we've had a lot of good boxing coaches come through, like Tommy Martin is one of them. Uh, Coach J is just, he's got his own unique personality and his own style. And, yeah. I mean, he, he gets everyone just to uh, be involved in the classes. It's, okay. it's, a, it's a really cool thing to see. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. So, full circle again. Bo- come back yeah. to boxing, right? Absolutely. Reemerge career, Daniel Madrid boxing? No, absolutely <laughs> not, man. No, I, uh, I'm definitely, no, I thought about it. Trust me. There's, there's still, a, like, a little fire inside of me that wants to do it. Yeah. But, yeah, too old, brother. Well, I was going to say, what, 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 <laughs> how old are you? I'll be turning 38 in April. Okay, so, okay, yeah. And, you know, you look at it, and you're like, well, Daniel, that's not that really, that's not old, you know. But as a fighter, that's old. I've taken enough abuse over the years, and, um, you know, I have my five-year-old daughter now. Yeah. And i got my two stepsons, and I'm, I'm enjoying living my life through them now. You know? Yeah. Like, fighting is a very selfish thing. Sure, and you have yeah. to dedicate a lot of solid, like a lot of time to the gym, a lot of time to yourself, and you know your family sits on the back burner for a lot of that. And uh, you know, I'm just I need to separate that side of it and dump a lot of time into that. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, and, and that was one thing that, that I loved about you too from the beginning was you are a family guy. Mm-hmm. Like you are, and I, there are I've I've seen several kids coaches and, and you know m- maybe not jujitsu but different types of mm. coaches. You are fantastic with the kids, man. Nah, it's great. It. One of my favorite things is how you just whip them around so yeah. ca- so <laughs> carefully. Yet yeah. so like you'll do a move on Callie and like just flips her over and she's like, "What the hell?" And I was like, "I was like that was the safest thing I've ever seen." <laughs> but no, man, the kids love your classes. Like you, uh, you guys got a great spot there, man, for sure. Nah, I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, and, and you guys have a few fighters out of there too, right? People that are training that are we do we yeah. have a lot of up-and-coming fighters right now um you know the, a couple of notable mentions uh federico gonzalez uh we have kelly lemons we have zarina turi um bradley i forgot his last name uh we have another guy named big mike uh, there, there's so many fighters man yeah like, i can sit here literally for hours and list them all off to you and they all have their own attributes and uh we're all excited to see where their journey's going to take them and sure. uh, hopefully they made it as far as i did and you know go from there yeah yeah. What's what's what's? All right. You decide to to retire, spend time with the family. Um, what's what's next for you? I mean, keeping the gym rocking, Legion. The, you know what's good about the gym is right now it's at its own. It, it, it runs itself. You okay. Know? Like we don't. Yeah. There. I know there's a little profit that comes in that Mario's just going to keep putting into the gym. A lot of us coaches don't even take payment from it. Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just we dedicate our time because we love the gym. Yeah. And we want to see it just continuously just be there throughout the years. Yeah. Um. But for me personally, and this is one of those, man, I, I really wish I could. Have you seen the new movie, The Adam Project? No. Uh-uh. Okay, that? definitely put that on your bucket list. It's okay. a new one with Netflix on with uh, Ryan Reynolds. Okay. But it basically, he's able to travel back in time. His father created time travel. Okay. Um, and that's what I'll tell you. I don't want to ruin the movie for you. 
But right, cool. I wish that was available for us, where I can go back 10, 15 years and slap the shit out of myself and be like, hey, you need to set something up for yourself. <laughs> you know, like, make sure you have a, some sort of career, whether yeah. it's, you know, it's involved in fighting and, you know, you're still going to continue doing something outside of fighting or, you know, you're, you're doing something else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's the problem is I have a ton of experience with uh, customer service and whatnot, but I'm not, like, I'm a jack of all trades. I don't have a particular expertise in one thing. Sure. So yeah. that's where I'm at right now. Um, I think you and I had talked previously where I'm, tr- I'm going to be trying out for the Phoenix uh, Police Department. Yep. Um, I just did their written physical, so that's looking really promising. So now I'm just yeah. going to be taking the next steps and going from there. Excellent, man. Well, good luck with that. Definitely, dude. man. I appreciate good luck. that. Absolutely, man. So, um, yeah, dude, thanks for this. Hey, cheers to uh, no. to a career. I know you're retired. Uh, Absolutely. So cheers to a, a career in a badass sport, man, for sure. I appreciate that. Thank you. We're going to celebrate with a uh, beer that Marshall is going to be making here. I, he might have, I don't know, he might have already made it. Uh, it just I'm excited to, to see it. I know we've yeah. been talking about it a lot now. It's, yeah. uh, I think I think the uh, I think everyone's gonna love it. I think so too. Absolutely, Jean Claude Bandana. Really, uh, really. I've been sitting on such that a name unique a name. Dude. <laughs> I can't believe you guys came up with that. Like, I, I can't think of one person who would have been just sitting there just on their couch, being like, "That's the name, dude." I have like fifty of those. Like <laughs> they come. To, it's funny because I talk to breweries and they're like, "Dude, I hate naming beers." I'm like, "I got like it's, 60. it's tough, man." Yeah. It, it's right. It's I mean, really tough. And and then you look, and there's a brewery actually that opened up. Um, they were ju- they actually got like pretty much everything ready to rock, and they were named Furious. And a brewery in Minnesota has a beer called Furious, and they said can't do that. They gave them a cease and desist. They had to really, rename. yeah, the whole business, whole bit, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he said. Luckily, like for the most part, they had like their logo on the wall, and they had some, you know, maybe some coasters and things like that. So it wasn't uh-huh. a lot. Maybe some shirts. Um, but there's another brewery, Fate Brewery, uh, a few years ago that got uh, sued by another brewery in Denver that opened after them. But so Fate here in Arizona had been open, and they had a shitload of stuff like cool. glasses, shirts, growlers, and they had to change it all. Oh, yeah. dude, <laughs> yes. I don't even want to imagine that. That would be so, awful. So when I come up with weird shit like Jean-Claude Van Damme, I'm like, I'm pretty sure no one's thought of that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like- but, I can't even imagine the research you'd have to put into that. You know, like yeah. if you come up with such a unique name, then you have to spend hours on hours, like yeah. just on end, just trying to research and find if there's anyone else that has it or anyone or related, right? Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be like, okay, I understand that I'm not going to name another beer furious, but can't, my brewery's name furious. There's no, but, yeah, I don't see know. the correlation now, but I, I get it. Yeah, it just sucks. Well, we've got John Claude Bandana coming yeah, out. That's definitely not going to touch that one. <laughs> not here so it's it's going to be a light beer. Uh, you're you're a big fan of backyard barbecue with the family and stuff Absolutely. so we wanted to make something that's that's uh it's a good daytime crusher so Absolutely. Uh, i'm really excited to see what marshall comes no, up i with. think it's gonna be good and then just for everybody out there who knows this like i am not a big drinker by any means um i know i'm a, I'm a fairly big guy but it's two beers and i'm hitting the floor <laughs> so for me it's more like i like i enjoy the taste um i got to sit down with these gentlemen and actually t- like sample so many different beers and i got to express to them you know what was a good keynote for me and like what people like me would enjoy and they yeah. really listened and that's they came up with this amazing beer so it's going to be exciting hell yeah man i'm excited for that so Definitely. uh all right buddy uh i know you probably got to get going i do as well uh appreciate you taking of course the time, i man. appreciate you having me thank you absolutely dude